G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. And whilst we're talking of the great outdoors, Redmond, we've had a hell of a week. It's probably my most, probably the show that I've looked forward to most doing, I reckon, since you and I have been together because we've gallivanted around the state for the multiple years chasing the elusive barrel bluefin tuna which yeah. we are going to get into soon or you might even decide to get in off the top of the show because it's, 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 it's second on we're the list have, but we'll I think hold it. we're, we're going to hold it we're going to hold it, hold it. Yeah. but we had a fantastic week this week didn't we and uh, there's been some yeah. Yeah, some incredible captures as, as metropolitan Melbourne opens up it opens this morning I dare say if you go to a local boat ramp Aaron you're better off driving down <laughs> Punt Road after an AFL game because it'll be less traffic. Well, during the week, you and I launched during, uh, launched at Queenscliff, and I'm pretty sure you've had to park the car at Barwon Heads. I think you started. I did. So, and said, that was without the re- without the opening. So you said to me, "Where'd you park the car?" I said, "Just just go home. <laughs> just, May as well pick up Barwon Heads." <laughs> we launched uh, launched at Queenscliff. We're just going to come back in through Barwon Heads. We'll we, we'll be fine. Well, it's a uh, it's it's a great thing. It is a great thing to see. We've been locked down for a hell of a long time. I think it's world's longest lockdown, to be exact, Patrick. But it's great to see that Metro has now rejoined with us, regional crew, and guys can get out and chase whatever they'd like to chase right around the whole state. We can now. Before we get into a bit of uh, into a bit of fishing, a bit of news around the marine space. Yanmar has been trialling uh, real on world uh, water hydrogen refueling. Now I know you're all over this, oh Edmund. mate. I'm all over this. I've got I, I've read this article four times, and I still don't even know what the hell it's on about. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you did say to me, "Oh, it's water. It's it's, yeah, it's, it's, cool. it's cold water." I said, "Well, there's been a few issues throughout history where <laughs> hydrogen hasn't exactly been the safest of um, of tech, but it's on the back of of what we continue to talk about electric motors and how this continues to evolve in the marine space. Now, quite clearly, the marine space is behind." Uh, the motoring industry to a certain extent. Like we've seen Minkota, we've seen Garmin uh, and, and a few others right around. The difference being that's a, a far smaller electric outboard and what we're talking about here is is 400 horses, Redmond. We are and uh, something to do with electricity <laughs> sent to a bank of batteries that turns power to... Oh, I've got no idea. I, it, I, I'm trying to do my best today, Patrick, but I'm... <laughs> We'll go back into the fishing <laughs> talk, and I'll come back in then. I reckon <laughs> this this tech has been uh, has been worked in with Toyota. They're obviously the motoring company, and it's really interesting to see. It's on the boat sales website at the moment, and it just shows how the marine industry is investing serious dollars in this technology. And it'll be interesting to see over the light, over the next few years where it goes. And <laughs> can't wait to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Suzuki Jimmy. Redmond. Now, it's one of Australia's most popular cars, and in actual fact, throughout the pandemic, uh, it's gone up. Second-hand cars have been more expensive than, than brand-new cars, but we all love, we love cars in Australia. We love getting off-road, um, and at this stage, there's no real direct 
competitors for it. Now, you're not going to tow your, your North Bank 750 with it, but it's a great little off-road to take it down the beach. You've obviously spent a bit of time in I, Beachport Road. I've got a friend who has has one of these. Not, likes uh, it? Sammy Walker, he's a uh, good friend of mine. He likes it. I'd be more worried that the wind's going to blow it over because, uh, we, no, no joke, three of us can lift the back of it up. Like We can actually <laughs> lift this thing up. That's why it's perfect for beach driving. <laughs> what, so you hit a crab and you get rolled over? <laughs> no. If you get bogged, you can lift and then move. Oh, we're going real well this morning. I think we got a, There's a just, fifty-four hour rescue. Yes, there was during the week. That's more of mine. Four hundred nautical <laughs> miles, and uh, New South Wales Police Marine Area commanded serious commendation. It was quite extraordinary to see fifty-four hours. Yeah, west of Lord Howe Island. Uh, it's where that, the Mayday call was made, and that's a big trip. And yeah, it's. Uh, Credit to all the workers that were involved because they, I know they ended up with an award uh, from the safety watchdog, which is tremendous because that's, that's a, that is, that is, I'm just putting it into perspective on what we do on the water. Like it's one of those things that like it's 400 nautical miles offshore. You can't even, and yeah, the crew was uh, becoming fatigued and running low on food and water as well. So, yeah, great effort to everyone that was involved in that search and rescue because... Right around the country, the Police and Marine Rescue, Border Patrol, they do an incredible job because they deal with some of the worst conditions you could possibly imagine. Yep, they do. And that's why we need to be smarter when we use our vessels. And I've put myself at risk a few times, I'll be honest with you, Pat, but you you never think of the actual people that are going to be involved into actually helping you. So you've got... I've got a few... That have to risk their, their lives life. because that's the stuff you've done you, something yeah, stupid yeah, or whatever no, it might be. Yeah, you're spot on. And that's... I've got a few good friends in the water police and they've often said, oh, this idiot was out there the other day. He shouldn't have been out. He goes, then we've got to go look for him. And we're getting smashed with water. We're looking over the side and the divers have got to go in and like things like that. Like just... So if you are heading out, don't just think of yourself. And if you're if you're in your comfort zone and something yeah. un- miraculous... Something happens that is an accident, pure accident. It is what it is. But when you can try and avoid that situation, uh, let's let's try and avoid it because it's um yeah, it's it's like I said, putting your mates at some people, family and friends at risk is no good. Let's head over to the West, uh, the demersal ban. There's a two month closure as we speak. Well, 15th of October, it kicks off, Redmond. Uh, talk us through the details. Yeah, so that's down from... I've got it in front of me here because uh, I actually haven't got, been fortunate enough to chase the Jewfish in WA, Patrick. Bergia? So <laughs> North of Calberry to the east of Augusta. Yep. So that you cannot target demersal fish, and that's for the um, conservation of the fishery in itself. So just do the right thing. If you do catch a demersal fish, for, for example, snapper, Jewfish, like I just spoke about, and everything else that's on that list, make sure that you do drop... You do sink the fish down properly so there's uh, special weights and whatnot designed to actually help uh, reset I guess the fish's swim bladder in, in, in the fish itself so make sure if you do catch one buy those appropriate sinker weights and 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 follow the the, regula- the regulations that's in play to, to save this fishery. They're, they're in- incredible the work that uh, Fisheries WA do and how progressive I think they've been from the management of the rock lobster um, what do we call them here in Victoria? Crayfish. Crayfish <laughs> industry. You know, like they, they really are one step ahead of the game. The last thing that anyone wants is you get to a stage like we've seen um, for our, our great mates in SA where mm. there's a three-year snapper band and it just hammers your your commercial fish. And, and, and the economy. And they've been, they've yeah. been part of the problem, as we all have. 
but there needed to be greater accountability. And then for the recos and those local towns just getting smashed because of it. So well, the charter boat Western guys Australia is probably one of the biggest hit. Well, exactly. Like, that's, that's what that's I mean by commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the charter boat guys, like they're just being. That's literally like you being told, right, you can't, you're, you're not, you cannot play football for the next. Yep. I don't know how long you got left. Ten go, years. We'll go, you know. we'll go three years. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we don't want to see you get down that path. So do the right thing in WA. Now, Patrick, I'm going to cut it short on the news because that was... You're excited. That was your news for the week. This is my news for the week. You landed this week. Right, we'll go through the plan of attack. Well, the boat landed. The boat. Yeah, but I'll, yeah, the boat landed it. But I'm going to go through the plan of attack. You wanted to head out for a fish in the New North Bank, 750, and you and I just had a sneaky session after we, after we picked it up last Only a week. couple of hours. We went there very long. Got a half, well, we got three or four nice snapper, and then... You said to me, next week, I want to go fishing. And I said, what do you want to fish for? And you basically said, everything. <laughs> so I literally, I picked the boat up the night before, took we, it in my joint. 40 rods in oh, the boat. I didn't realise that you are bringing all your rods too. So I've literally packed this whole boat with everything you name it you could possibly chase. And the plan of attack was a tie change for snapper. And we went out, we anchored up for snapper. And this was around that nine o'clock sort of stage. You were a little bit late in the morning, I won't lie. And, uh, it was all part of the greater plan. <laughs> Great plan. And as Patrick is, he's he's like a kid in the candy shop, one thing to the next. He, he can't sit still. What do you reckon we go to a barrel? And I had a few phone calls coming in here and there. The barrels are starting to bite. They've shown up. We've got good life. We've got good this. I'm like, all right, well, do you want to do it or not? And you go, yeah. And then I think I think your dad or Nigel Lappin said to us, what are the chances of getting a fish? And I said, no, you're not going to catch one. You you did say I that. said, you won't catch one. Very, very... No, you didn't say You said very, very... Yeah, very low. unlikely. And about 40 minutes after that, I reckon I went from minus 100%. And in the video that we took, I said over 100%. Confident <laughs> and we're going to hook a fish. Everything just felt like formed in front of us. It was as good as you could ever see. We had multiple whales feeding, coming. Like, you saw some tremendous stuff. It was incredible to see. Like, it just coming out, eating bait fish. And what I believe happens is those whales come through, they eat those bait fish, and it'd be like you spinning around in circles 15 times saying, well, where am I? You get stunned. You get stunned. And that's fish get stunned from these whales and the barrels feed. So we're trying to work in with the whales and the sea life that's on offer. So you've got seals, you've got dolphins round up bait balls, and you've got the like. So I thought David Attenborough was going to pop around oh, you know, in another boat. It was as good filming. as you could get it. It was incredible. The, the was. sea life. And to, to have fish like this so close to home, so close to the shore, you come out of out of Port Phillip Bay heads, and we're only talking a few kilometres yeah, yeah. from the heads of, of Port Phillip Bay, and all of a sudden, onto fish. And the amount of fish that I marked up in the area, so it's all good to have the life there. But you've got to, you, you've got to have the fish there to catch them. It's no, there's no good, the, whale, the whales will eat the food all day, but if there's no tuna there, you're not going to catch one. Yep. So you've got to rely on things like your sonar and your, your everything. Like I always say, some things I don't spend money on and some things I do. I was about to say, does this where is this where it comes back to? If you've had your boat for a while and your sound is 10, 15 years old, yep. it, it's time to upgrade because there's four transducers on the seven fifty. So we can basically well, I was, fish if we, identify. If we hadn't <laughs> if we hadn't hooked one up in the first half of an hour, fried. I would have fried it. I would have turned the other three on and zapped it all. <laughs> we were running your one seven five high wide. That's what we were running with your Garmin. I think you got a sixteen inch screen in it, and that's what we're running. And when I started marking these fish up, and you know their barrel, you just do. And I've gone. 
I've said I've looked at you. I've gone. We're going to catch a fish here. I got pretty pretty excited. Well, you 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 know their barrels. Yep. But even I can tell that they're barrels. Yeah. I don't fish anywhere near as much yep. as you because you can see the the bait fish, um, the bait on, on, on the on the screen, and then you can see these upside down news that are sizable. They're they're the size <laughs> of these of these bait schools. You know, just below it. To the side of it, so it's quite clear what they are. And you don't traditionally mark up. You do mark up dolphins here and there. And you can mark up anything on a sound, anything. But the dolphins, you don't tend to ever mark. You know when they're barrels. You just know. We had hundreds of dolphins, and it didn't mark up. No, anything. so we'd be all by ourselves with just dolphins just swimming around the boat. Blah blah blah. We just don't. You mark the odd little thing up, but nothing in particular. These barrels, righto, Pat. They are here. Uh, we started with multiple techniques. We ended up going into the pilchard side of things, dropping the pillies down, which I reckon I had one grab. Yeah, uh, it did. I don't it know if it, I doubt a seal and a dolphin don't tend to take dead pillies often. If it's live, the seals bank straight into it. But so we're talking about we we got into a position where the bait is is right at the back of the boat, trying to protect itself under the hull. Under the hull, yeah. and there is just life everywhere. So Aaron's Aaron's ploy was we'll, we'll drop an unweighted pilly. Yep. Down and it'll take off, and it, and it went at one point, but then. We did struggle again to get the bait together. It, it spread yeah. out a bit. Yeah, just that, and as soon as it started, oh, that's what I said to you. I said, boy, I, I, there was a patch that was, that one started to fizzle a bit and there was a patch out further and I said to you, I said, I remember saying to you, I said, let's just leave this, let it recuperate, let's see, let's, let's see if it comes back together and we'll go to the next one. And there was one, and, I, and your dad actually said, there's another whale out there. So we went out there and then I marked these fish up and I said to you, I said, I remember looking and going, Pat, they're moving. We can't get a pill into this. They're actually moving. They're mm. moving the bait. Like the bait's not, it's balled up, but it's moving. Impossible to pill it. You can't do it. You just, it's too, you're moving too far. So I said, we'll just we'll lure it. We marked up fish. We had them coming up and bang, we hooked up. Then we had a terminal tackle error go on. I don't know what's happened. Whether I've, when I've crimped it, I might have maybe hit the line, hit the maybe, line. or even with the life, it could have hit, uh, what could have touched a whale, a dolphin, a seal. It could have even just been, you just don't know. It wasn't any defect in the, just, in the mono. We just, and I was, pretty spewing on that because uh, to be honest with you it was probably one of the fish that I've lost that hurt probably the most because I know that you're, you, people will say oh Dangerfield jumps on with you and just catches a barrel but no you don't you've actually done half more than half a dozen trips you've actually worked hard to get this fish we're out the front of our place we're in our home ground and to lose a fish like that from a terminal area it, it hurts like it, you're like like it really really gets under your skin I'd rather lose it from pulling a hook pull a hook I don't care because you can't do anything about yep, it. Yeah, it's But it's just terminal tackle is one of those things that shouldn't happen. It's my fault. shouldn't happen. So after experiencing bringing that fish in, I'm glad it happened because that was on the 30 wide. <laughs> it was on the 30. <laughs> so that was on the 30. So yeah. the, the gear that we're using, Tiagra 30 wide to Tiagra 50 wide. Now the 50 wide, obviously as it sounds, it's a bigger version of the 30 wide. Yep. And I could never totally get it in my head. I've caught some some great fish over yep. my time with you. We've caught some huge sharks, sharks sailfish. Yeah. You know, you name it. We've, we've caught some great fish. Some incredible uh, GTs up north. But this thing, I, I, I now I get why you need the gear that you need. Why? And we're going to talk about this in our reg review a little yeah, later. Yeah, we've got a good review um, around harness equipment. It will it will pull fault in any of. Uh, any weakness that you have in any equipment, and that that was that was so true. And you don't get it until you experience being on the boat and just how much weight and and power these things have. Well, we hooked we hooked the next fish. We just followed the whales. We just and we're marking fish near the whales, and we're trying to follow them. And in that area, I should say, and we hooked up. And your dad, we just we just your dad goes, I think we're on. 
Oh, blew my mind. I was like, what, you reckon, John? <laughs> oh, that was a great comment. But anyway, we fought this fish just shy of an hour. In the end, it was about 45 minutes I worked out. You did very well. You did, you did really well on the rod. Uh, obviously, driving, you've got to get in the right positions as well. Uh, I, let, I led the fish up. Uh, I, I literally led the fish up, and then Nige come across with the gaff. So it, it was one of those things, and everything went to plan, sort of. You're listening to Real Adventures. We're going to talk about driving and chasing these tuna after the break. Uh, plenty more Real Adventures coming up. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. We're talking about uh, our week in fishing, which culminated in 130-odd kilo bluefin tuna caught just outside of Port Phillip Bay Heads in Victoria. Redmond, one of the the real keys to, to fighting fish as big as this is having someone on the helm that really knows what they're doing, understands how to drive a boat and how to tire out the fish and not the angler. That was, was really clear to me that you made it a hell of a lot easier for me because I'd just got my, um, my cast off my <laughs> hand the day before. Uh, was there any comments on the doctor? Was there comments any doctors after you sent a video? I, did, I didn't send it to the <laughs> surgeon, but um, hand, hand recovered well. Talk us through, like obviously this is something that you've learned over a long period of time, yep. but this is a really... In, integral part to chasing giant bluefin and, and making it easier on the on the angler to actually get you know yourself into a position where you can land these fish. Yeah, you you are right, and it, yeah, the key, the number one key is keep the line tight. Yeah. Now, as and that's basically the person on the rod's job. I'd say probably seventy percent of the time, maybe a little bit more. But we're moving, so we're moving. So we've we've hooked up on this fish, yep. and as soon as we've done that, we've cleared the deck. So every other, we had three other rods out. We've brought all those in, and then you're on the wheel, and you're positioning me at the back of the boat on the same side of the boat. This driver, yep. So the so the fish was always in front of me. So it was it was easy for me, but it obviously takes some skill to do. And uh, one comment that you guys made, Nige actually, I said I sort of made a bit of a joke, and I said to Nige. Uh, Nigel said, "He goes. I thought it'd be mate, more chaotic than that, this and that. Blah blah blah." And I, he goes, and he goes, "You're actually really calm." I'm like, "Well, if you start panicking, that's when shit goes really wrong quickly. Yeah, like real quick." And I just kept it pretty cool. And um, when when we got we got set up, we got into position. You got your harness on. We got you kitted out. And what was the first thing I said to you? Are you comfy? Yeah. I yep. said, are you comfy? And you're like, yeah, I really am. So we're going to do a review on the harness, so we won't go into that. But we got in, But then it was about the boat position. Now, you can't just have these... We had a very calm day, and to tell you the truth, it was an absolute pleasure to drive in, especially in this boat that you've got, but it's an absolute pleasure to drive in calm conditions because what do I do most of the time chasing barrels? I'm avoiding boats, I'm avoiding traffic, and fish feed like mad in rough weather. So I'm usually in rough, and I'm copping it at the helm, I'm back and forward. Well, well that's one of the things that... We copped that early on when we when we first went out, and there was, was fish everywhere, but there was too many people that literally yeah. the the fish come up and the, the school comes up and they drive smack bang mm. through it, and not once did you drive through it. You always look to angle around, pull the lures through, so you're not scaring the crap out of the bait fish and then sending everything down deep. You pull around so the lures will come through it, but the boat isn't ramming through the yeah you. you Perfectly, and that's what we did. We got away from the boats. That that's, was the number one rule as well. Get away. Let's get away. Let's yeah. get away. And you made that call, and we just we just worked the bait. We just worked around the edges of the bait. The fish aren't always smack bang under. They'll be around it, and they were. But it was more about, like I said, the boat. It's about those fish. The quicker, like a lot of people, like I saw on the post yesterday, fish were for four hours, five hours, 
And I'll never have a dig at anyone because I've had fish do that to me as well. Often when it's rougher and it's hard to drive. Yep. But in the calm conditions, to knock it over in 40 minutes, 45 minutes, it was just all I was constantly doing was trying to get this fish to come up. And so many times I said to you, do you feel like it's coming up? Is it coming up? And I'm trying to pull it with the boat faster, slower. But back to what I was saying about the tension, as at times where that fish is so quick, they swim 70 kilometers an hour. They're fast as hell. Yep. They change direction. That's when I've got to be instant on that on that throttle and accelerate because you physically can't wind that fast. Yep. The bow in the line happens and I'm just driving away from the fish as quick as I can to get that tension. tension. As soon as the tension comes back, naturally you'll be at the back corner. Then I'll right hand down, swing it again and I'll get you back in that position again. So it's about getting you comfortable and tight to that fish for the whole time as well as trying to plane the fish up. Just constantly trying to plane it up, trying to pull it up, pull it up the whole time. So for those that are heading out, chasing them this weekend, right around the country, but particularly those that have been locked down in, in Metro Melbourne, yep. there's going to be a lot of boats out. Yeah, bit windy today. Saturday is pretty blowy. It's Tomorrow's the day there'll be a few more boats out. There will definitely be boats out. But it's not just sticking to, oh, we're just going to follow every other boat because your chances are you're going to spend, you might have a great day and, and you know, Sink a few on the boat, terrific. A <laughs> couple of jammos. But you're not going to catch too many fish. You've actually yeah, got to you could be that. willing to explore. My, the way I look at it, there's 100 boats in an area. There's a school of fish. You're the first boat there, you've got the best chance of hooking one. Second boat there, probably the second best. Eighth boat there, all of a sudden, you're at the 50th in the list. Yep. The chances go down. I always, and this pays off a lot of the time, but don't get me wrong, I have bad days too, I always try and get away from boats. You know, I've always said it. Let's get away from boats. You and I both said, you said, oh, are you happy to go for a look? I'm like, oh, I'm leaving. I actually said, I'm leaving this bait ball. We had a bait ball. I marked up three or four fish it's on it. It's stressful when there's bloody boats everywhere. But you're constantly, you're not enjoying it. You're like, but the, naturally, you're going, oh, what's this idiot doing? Why is he doing this? Why? And I got the, one of the guys that was on the bait ball, I don't know, he was trolling, I reckon, at five kilometers an hour. He was going so slow, like any, but he was sitting, like he was trawling lures. I could see him. He was, But he wasn't, I don't know if he was trying to sit at, Five kilometers where he should be at five knots. knots. I, I don't know if the mistake. And, mixed up. Yeah, and then there's another guy that started to come in. I just said, no, I can't do it. And that was only two boats. So yeah. I said, right, Pat. Let alone 50. Yeah, let alone 50. So if you are out this weekend and you, don't get me wrong, go to where the fish are. Start there and then have the balls to go, right, I'm going to push away from this and I'm going to literally go looking elsewhere. And you just got to have your eyes open. Like, hell, I think I saw those birds. I think I said to you, I said, I reckon there's it birds in the distance. It started with two. Yeah, two or three turns and then just got bigger. And then I said, oh, there's mutton birds. And oh, I'm pretty sure that was Wally. So, and then we saw this giant whale just <laughs> like and it, that, that in itself is incredible to see. So uh, good luck if you're heading out this weekend. Uh, stay safe. And, and the other thing is, obviously, respect those around you. Yeah, 100%. Yep. You, you know, you've got to be careful. Especially if a guy's on a fish. Yep. Get out of the way. If yep. a guy hooks up, just get out of the way. And that isn't come, you know... 40 metres behind him in the boat, There's getting, there could be hundreds of metres of line out. So, literally, give him a walk. Well, that bit. first run that you're in your fish, it dumped a lot of line. I don't think you've, I don't know if you realise, I've got no idea. Yeah, I felt it. But yeah, yeah, 200. And just, just one more important thing we'll say before we get into the whip around um, just communication between your the, the angler and the driver and the person on deck. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. In a way, it is, and that's why the the boat catches the fish. 100 percent. Like Nige gaffed the fish. Your dad had the camera. I was driving. You were on the right. It's these. I haven't. I have not wound physically. Bought one in myself for 
It'd have to be six plus years now. Yeah. And I just don't have a lot of interest in it. It hurts. Yeah. And, yeah. and especially in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially in the rough conditions, it hurts even more. You got you got bloody palace out there. But yeah, communication. And if you're in a big boat like Pat's, I highly recommend VHFs on each end uh, or a headpiece <laughs> because you're about felt like you were nineteen meters away from me at times. But no, nah, communication, just constant talking. Pat, you're right, you're comfy, you're doing water. At one stage I turn around and you're the only bloke I know fighting a barrel eating potato chips and lollies, I think it was, maybe even chocolate. I needed a um <laughs> I needed a refuel. 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 <laughs> oh, God. But no, it was a great, great fun. Great, great to land that fish. It was good. Let's have a look in what's biting uh, right around the country. We start in Tassie, uh, fishing off the rocks at the moment with pillies. There's been a few salmon that have been caught in good numbers. Redmond, uh, the Mercy River uh, has been really good for browns this week. And the fish haven't been too fussy. They've been hitting soft plastics and different types of hard body divers as well so that always makes it easier when they're when they're not too fussy and they're happy to to have a go at most fish heading to wa some kingfish are being caught out of perth uh when i say some there's good numbers uh you just got to find the school when you find the school you're going to get them you can micro jig and also squid strips will work really well too uh point samson's fishing very good uh the demersal band's in pat so the demersal band is in play so red emperor is a great option you got other reef species too red emperor everyone loves eating fish blah 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 get out there and get them South Australia, Port Nolunga Jetties providing plenty of... Oh, go again. Port Nolunga. That's a very good pronunciation. I was hoping you read this one. Mate, I'm a South Australia. I spent eight years <laughs> in South Australia. Uh, providing plenty of calamari at the moment. Uh, the Cephia jigs working best. Uh, once again, it's about the weight of those jigs. Isn't yeah, it? It's one of the things that um, you're better off spending a bit more on a jig. Uh, it's not your, your, you know, your $2 Kmart special. Uh, invest in that and, and you'll be rewarded. Uh, Hardwick Bay uh, fishing really well for whiting, pippies and squid uh, doing the damage at yeah, the and moment. Corwell as well, pretty much exactly the same for your whiting too, Pat. Consistent captures with a few calamari mixed in too. Over at Port Hacking in New South Wales, those kingfish we spoke about last week, they're in bigger numbers again. Uh, some good sized fish. Yeah, 70 to 80, to 80 yeah. centimetres. So over some legals, but one thing is, I don't know if we're allowed to uh, promote drug use on here but I'll tell you what these kingfish I've been told they are literally like they're on steroids they are literally <laughs> pulling people's arms off for the size of them I was so. worried I was worried where you were going <laughs> all these steroids of these fish I tell you what the kingfish pull hard but they reckon for some reason they're just going even harder so I don't know if that's possible for kingfish but that's the reports I'm getting great, great fun on the lighter gear as well oh they are if you're interested in like up you know try 5,000 you know pull it back a bit you know and that'll give you that'll give you a you know adrenaline work, rush. For, work for your money we should have done that with your barrel. Actually, during the barrel during the week, no. I, think you, I think you actually were going to cast something out with a 5,000 oh, stellar. I did. <laughs> well, that would have lasted five seconds. Port Stevens having a great run. Big flathead to that magic one metre mark at times with lures and soft plastics. Just that sort of traditional method. Get that heavy jig head pat and that'll hit the bottom and really get that sand going. There's some uh, small bluefin out wide of Naruma as well, Redmond. Um, there's a few that have been chasing them. The small skirts working the best, and clearly Redmond, that's a case of uh, matching the hatch. So 100%. That, that smaller... And um, that's what we did on the barrel during yep. the week, didn't we? we um, I always talk about it. We realised there were small pilchards in the water, so we dropped our... Uh, Lewis size I actually only had one on, uh, one on me and I actually you had one that I pinched off you as well uh, to keep at home something to imitate those pillies so we dropped down to the 8 inch uh, which still was probably bigger than the bait the bait would have been 5 inch but we matched that hatch to the pilchards and funny enough with our two double hook with our two fish that we hook we're both on that same colour so it's pretty simple match the hatch you'll get some fish and last report 
Uh, coming in from Queensland, Gladstone's fishing very, very good this week. Uh, Red Emperor on the chew, as well as plenty of coral trout. And uh, if they're around, I'm tipping you'll be on the chew too because you'll be like eating them. <laughs> and, and don't forget, if you're fishing uh, in the NT, the Million Dollar Barra is happening at the moment. Would love to see uh, some photos for you. I'd love the Million Dollars. If you can just send them in. Uh, and there's plenty of $10,000 barras out there to be caught as well. And that's uh, the whip around for what's happening right around the country Let's get to the social club now. It's, it's going to be a pretty short one today, Redmond, because we're um, we've tuned into a bit of time with how excited we've been uh, about talking about the uh, the big Southern Bluefin we caught during the week. Uh, but of course, the social club we love taking your questions from social media. Uh, send us a direct message into our socials. It's as simple as that. Whether it be uh, Facebook, Instagram, or download our Real Adventures app. Uh, it's as good as it gets. First question. Troy is first question is from Troy. Uh, great work, boys, on the barrel during the week. I've always wanted to land one. And danger. I'd love to know how you actually felt on the rod. Silly question, but was it hard to bring in? Well, we spoke about this on the top of the show, Redmond. If you've got someone that really knows what they're doing uh, with steering the boat, Aaron yeah. kept me in the best position to to fight the fish the entire time. That makes a huge difference. You're not, we're not just knocking the boat out of gear and then it's good luck to the angler and the fish is taking hundreds of metres away. We're chasing in, in the boat. We're constantly keeping that line tight. Um, and the, I'll be totally honest with you. The reason I caught the, quick, uh, the fish as quick as I did and the reason I caught it in the first place is because of Aaron's boat skills. So it really does pay. He doesn't often say nice things about me, so I'll take this one. It really does pay, um, you know, to have someone that really understands what they're doing sitting in the helm. And if you are learning, just everything we're saying, just don't complicate it, relax, and just the fish does everything. Just let the fish do its thing, let it settle into the fight, and then arrange yourself from there next question is from mitch uh red is there a way you can explain the cleaning process of the big tuna uh that you landed please i think it's relevant for the barrel show so i'll accept this question uh well this is quite funny because <laughs> aaron bought out a machete the thing was that big <laughs> it's uh i got actually doubted pretty hard on my uh, my cleaning skills started from even getting it out of the boat I, we can't lift this we got it out yeah and it, we're going to talk about it uh <laughs> Something that helped in the next question from Riley. We can talk about dive doors, but cleaning yeah, so process. Where does it start now? It starts on an eighty dollar Bunnings uh, cleaning table. That's where it starts. No, well, it's, it starts even before then because one of the things that you did as soon as the boat, uh, as the fish got on the yeah. boat, you bled it straight away, and that's critical for a few reasons. It makes a massive difference. You, you get you got to get the blood out of the fish. If you don't get the blood out, it's not going to eat nice. Get the blood out, and they bleed. I think you said to me, "Oh, we'll get photos, this and that." I said, no, but I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bleed. The heart's still, so the heart's an involuntary muscle. So the heart will always, uh, like, for example, just for me. So I've had a heart transplant. You, even though if your brain damage, still like, you, the heart still goes. So same as a tuna would have died. Sorry about that. But it was a good <laughs> example. So the heart can stay alive for a period of time. It keeps pumping. So why it's alive and it can pump blood through the body, you're best to get the knife, cut it right on its uh, lateral line, basically. There's an artery that sits there and the blood just pumps out and it bleeds like mad. It, it, the boat's covered. And this is the best way to preserve a fish. Now, it's one thing to, to go out fishing for a fish like this. It's another thing, if you're going to keep it, to really respect the fish by... Treating it the right way so you can use and eat as pretty much every part of the fish. So this enables you to do that. So Aaron did that and then it was on ice and then we took it back to um, to your place to then get filleted. Oh, you, weren't, you wouldn't let me do it at your place. 
No, definitely not. I don't know how Kari puts up with you. Uh, and then that's yeah, where so the, the real fun began. It does. And what we do, we get out of the boat, we get onto my $80 Bunnings table that everyone doubted, and I honestly use a small knife. I Is that really do. from Bunnings? $89 from Bunnings. That is amazing. And it's cleaned 50,000 whiting, 444,000 flathead, and multiple barrels. <laughs> it had 135 30 kilos, kilos on it, and it still survived it. It survived it. It's Bunnings, a one-stop shop. Uh, it's basically... Are you on their payroll? You should be. Kari, my partner, works there, so I've got to keep... That's the only way to get a pay rise for it. So what I do, it comes into then a, quarter, a, a thing called quartering. So the fish goes up, and I don't run a big knife. I have a long seven-inch knife. You can even run a nine-inch, and I run either side of the bloodline. So that lateral line that I just spoke about runs down the middle of the fish. So from the pectoral fin, metal right down to the tail, either side of it, and narrows down as you get close to the tail. Now, it's got a sinew that runs on either side of that lateral line. You want to just miss it. You want to come, I guess, to you, because you're always on the top quarter. You always got the fish, I guess, facing you that you're doing it, the big side when you're quartering it. So you want to be on the side of of yourself on the fish and stay this side of the sinew, because the sinew is what keeps the meat attached. And then what you do on the actual top quarter, so on the side of it, running along, I guess, the uh, top fins along, run your knife just only an inch in, an inch in, literally all the way down. I grabbed John Boy, your old man, and I said, I put a hole at the end for my finger, Put said to John Boy, hold onto the end, and then basically I just, the whole quarter basically just falls off. It's There's nothing attaching it to the spine to the actual skeleton in itself other than the bit of cartilage around the top and that sinew and the whole quarter basically comes off in one piece and you're doing that times times four yep. so you've got four pieces so quartering either side the end frame looks clean in the middle on either side you've got the lateral line that stays on that fish when you di- dispatch of it and then your four quarters are no blood minimal bloodline in it and then you make sure you do take the bloodline out then it's the process of literally uh, skinning it as well so just and that's as easy as running your knife down and along the skin so that's the easiest way I can explain to it and there's plenty of uh, videos on Soul Guide website too if you want to actually see how I do it in person Riley we'll address your question in the flying gaff because they both link into each other okay, a yes, little later sounds good. in the show uh, that wraps up the social club if you've got a question for Aaron or I make sure you shoot it into our Real Adventures socials and we'll do our best to answer your questions and it's hotting up at the moment particularly off the back of the, uh, the big sun Southern Bluefin Court over the weekend. Uh, you're listening to Real Adventures. Plenty more coming after the break. Gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Our special guest this morning is Brad Williams from Narrawong Holiday Park. Good morning, Brad. Hi, how are you going? We're going very well. Now, talk us through the Holiday Park, how long you've had it for. Uh, Metro Melbourne is out of lockdown, so hopefully the region's going to heat up, mate. Yeah, looking that way. Um, Yeah, with everyone heading out, and we've had a few regional travels already, but um, with Melbourne out now, we're geared up and ready to go, and the fish are biting in the rivers and out in the ocean. So talk us through where is Narrawong, uh, how far from sort of the... Um, town of Portland, the town of so Portland. Fi- yeah. yeah, yeah, we're fifteen kilometres on the Warnable side of Portland. So uh, you come through Port Ferry and um, fifteen kilometres out that side. Well, there's nothing in Narrowong except our caravan park. Yeah. Um, there's a, a school, and a little fire station, and a post office. But um, we're on the Surrey River, where um, the park is surrounded 
like a horseshoe with the river all the way around it and uh, a bridge over the Surrey River onto the beach for fishing as well. Now, Brad, you've probably seen during the week, Patrick and I landed We're very a, happy with we, ourselves. We, we landed a beautiful barrel bluefin tuna at home down here, but I will be honest, Pat, I'll be honest, that region, that southwest region, is the home of barrel bluefin tuna. And Brad, take us through your boat, like the, the boat accessibility, because... We, look, it's Pat, a key part Pat's, of what we do. It, it is right? a key part of what we do because Pat's got a 402-metre boat now. I've got my little six-metre north bank. So we've got all different size boats that want to come down. Uh, where can we stay? Uh, yeah, absolutely can fit you in here. We're on 15 acres down here. Um, the, all, we've got 15 cabins. They've all got room for parking the boat right next to the cabin. And we've also got um, plenty of 150 grass sites where they're big, spacious sites where you can fit caravans and boats and cars on them um, whenever you like, especially in the quieter times when it's not summer school holidays. We can um, get all those vehicles on the sites very accessible. And there's a boat ramp onto the river out the front gate of our park um, on the Surrey there. And then, as I said before, it's just a 15-kilometre hike into town to uh, access the boat ramps in town. And then we've got full fish clean facilities and everything like that within the park as well. A little station where you can clean up for your day's catches. So that that's pretty important what you've just said there. That fish cleaning facilities is a big one. There's a lot of parks that don't even let you clean your boat. Now, as a fisherman myself and, and Pat, we want to be able to come back. And if we get a feed of flatties or if we get a trout or if we get a tuna or something like that, you can cater for us to dispose of the fish too, like in the park too, because it's like we'll have a couple of beers, let's be honest, a couple of jamos, Patrick, and a couple of reds while we're cleaning the fish. We, <laughs> is that all good if we can do all that sort of stuff there? Yeah, absolutely. The fish cleaning station's got a water and a sink and everything like that. Yep. It's got the bin bin there that we're happy for. It's um, lined plastic bin. We're happy to dispose of all the, um, all the rubbish from the fish cleaning, and um, we empty that whenever needed. And uh, we absolutely encourage it. We love to see the families come along, <laughs> catch all the fish in the rivers and the ocean. And if we can get some families catching some fish, we'll clean up the rubbish for them. We're chatting with Brad Williams from Narrawong Holiday Parks. Now, what about families, Brad? Now, Aaron and I love to spend hours on the water, but there is... We get in trouble here and there. The other side <laughs> as well. Let's talk through uh, the park's facilities, playgrounds, games rooms, things like that. What else uh, does the park offer? Yeah, so in, within the park, we've got the playground and the games room, as you mentioned. Plenty of room for the kids to ride around on the bikes. Um, just outside our back door, there's also a footy oval with a little BMX track and another playground out there. Um, and then also uh, on the beach, it's patrolled in summer and Easter times. Oh. But um, a big family attraction is over here, the um, shark teeth washing up on the beach. Do you um, quite shark frequently teeth. find... Yeah, quite quite often. It's one of the only beaches or couple beaches in Australia where shark teeth regularly uh, are found on the beach here. And um, people out there looking for them in the sand, just on the edge of the water daily. What, and, uh, what sharks found, are they? Uh, you've got, um, they're you've, fossilized you've got, shark teeth mainly. You've got Aaron really excited. Shark teeth? <laughs> I need a new necklace, Pat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in our office, we've got about 12 shark teeth that the previous owners had all collected, um, just in a little frame. And then uh, my son found uh, one, a really good size one, actually, about three weeks ago, just in the river. Um, just there, There's something about the area where they're from an old reef 
out there somewhere that they all wash up over time. The sharks go to that reef to do their thing and the teeth get knocked out and they wash up Yearly dental the check, Yearly dental check. They do it regularly. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brad, what about in terms of park security? So we bring our boat in. Um, you don't exactly want people to be able to freely drive in and out of the caravan park. What sort of sort of gates or security do you have? Um, yeah, no, we have, have full boom access with um, all individual codes. We can tell when people come in and out on what code. And um, the cameras are all, the boom gates are all on video camera as well. So, um, and there's only one entrance in and out of the park. As I said, the park is completely surrounded by river. So there's only one gate in and out, which is boom gate controlled and video surveillance. Well, I won't be doing my insurance job there, will I, Pat? <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> all right, if you would like more information uh, on Narrawong, uh, Holiday Park, their location, 20 Caravan Park Road, Narrawong, 3285 Victoria. You can give them a buzz on 03552952289 or send them an email uh, at stay at narrawongholidaypark.com.au. Brad Williams, thank you for joining us this morning on Real Adventures. Thank you for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. That was gearing up for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for Red's review, the product review of the week. And it's not too often that I'll give you a sort of, I can vouch for this product. But during the week, I don't, <laughs> want, to bring it, I don't want to bring it up again, but Aaron and I went to uh, tuna fishing and I may have landed 135 kilos. How come whenever I go tuna fishing and I get fish multiple during the years, I don't, we don't get a dedicated show to Dangerfield's 135 kilo bluefin tuna? Well, because yours haven't exactly been as um, spectacular, <laughs> ginormous, uh, okay. you know, Thanks. that sort of thing. But we're talking... Well, good Redmond. luck next time heading out there. We're, <laughs> we're talking fishing harnesses, and I can, I can vouch for this. This is a must. If you are going to comfortably fight uh, bluefin tuna in excess of 100 kilos this is one thing that you absolutely need to have because it makes fighting the fish 10 times uh, easier uh, and you can do it really quite comfortably you can actually you can, you're still holding onto the rod but you can you can relax at different stages yeah, well, during can, the fight you can literally yeah you can let go of the rod uh, literally you've tied into it you can let yep. go and the good thing is uh it's got a handle on the back so in the rough weather you can tie yourself to the boat or have your mate hold you too pat when it's rough but they're they're, they're a must on big big fish. They're a must. Marlin, sharks, and bluefin tuna. So big bluefin tuna. Now, what they do is you've got to correctly position this stuff. So they're not cheap, just for a start. They're in that $380 mark. I don't know how they can justify the price on them because it's literally a bit of plastic, one of them, and a bit of material, the other. But It is the best $380 you'll ever so spend. When you, when you are kitting your mate up in these, you need to do it properly. Now... I said to you, I did the rough estimate on you yesterday. I've actually put it around my waist and roughly did it. And we're probably got, oh, my abs are a bit firmer than yours, but yep. we're probably a bit similar around the waist there. So I sort of just did a test while you were getting set in. And I, then I measured it. And then Nigel put the gimbal around yourself. And it's up to you to position that where you, where, where you feel like it's comfortable. You can't move your hands much, but you put the rod in. Oh, that's good. The, the next, the most important bit is the harness pad. The gimbal naturally sits in its place. Like I said, it naturally yep. sits there. The rod goes in. Then the harness, which actually attaches your, Around your hips. butt yep. and hips to the rod in itself, is where the weight comes in for the whole fight. 
Now, what you want to do is two parts of the harness. There's one that goes around, I guess, your, uh, your hips, like you said before, around your kidneys sort of thing. And that goes around your kidneys. And we're talking about the Black Magic tackle kit, uh, uh, harness kit here. There's multiple different ones, but this is the one that you and I used. And there's another one that goes around the bottom of your backside, around the bottom of your glutes. Now, basically, it's like sitting in a, like a... Well, a harness when you go it is, when, it's extremely comfortable it is you're sitting in it and the, you, the, it comes around the side I didn't even strap you in I don't know if you noticed there's a belt buckle that goes in the front I didn't even do that didn't need it you don't need it I just put the two clips on the reel and the Tiagra and you just placed your backside into it and you can then lean forward and back and lift this and lift the fish up comfortable you haven't got strain holding onto the rod in your arms and the chance of actually losing the fish in itself we've done a little bit of a uh, hunt around davostackle.com.au got them at the moment on sale for 319 dollars most bargain most places you go will will, uh, price match Um, and as we said the black magic uh, equalizer harness and gimbal set it is a must if you're going to spend big time offshore and you want to chase you know one of these monster southern bluefin tuna and just for the guys that are – a lot of people now are turning to the spin gear. So you were going to run a 5,000 staller yesterday, but <laughs> I, I recommend 20,000 stellars on a 80 to 100-pound rod. I'm using the extractor rods. And a lot of people are going to spin with pilly because it's easy to flick a spin gear, let them run, then flick it over and you're on. Yes, and I've yep. caught a lot of fish this year on, on spin gear and dropping the pillies. Not traditionally for trawling as such, but for, for even game fish like uh, – Marlin and stuff, dropping live in, they're easier to swing on a spin rod than it is to feed a Tiagra down at times. Yeah, absolutely. Tiagra is much more user-friendly, and I know Once that you they, hook up and you're rolling. Yep. Once you get set into play, yeah, but the spin gear is quite hard, and there's actually a strap. Shimano do a, a little spin harness that actually cross over itself, I guess, in a figure eight sort of motion. So you go through the loop in itself, it goes around the top of the handle, and you can actually hook your harness in, and it's the exact same thing. But whether, No, I don't think it works as good, it still works, 100% it works, but it's nowhere near as comfortable as uh, Tiagra 50 or whatever you're using to land these big fish. So that is an option. I do use them on the spin gear. I used them all year this year on the spin gear, and they're about $40 to roughly give or take where you buy it from, Pat. It's time for the flying gaff and the flying gaff. Nah, stop. F- that was Red's review. It was Red's review. So you're going to stop it there, and you're going to say, I don't know, that was Red's review. That was Red's review. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. On the home stretch now for Real Adventures, it's time for Red's tip. Something I didn't mention earlier, and I only got a minute, a harsh minute, so I've already wasted three seconds saying that, is when you're landing these fish, these big barrels, make sure that you've got your boat positioned correctly with the wind when you're actually going to do the final parts of the job. So just when you start to grab that leader, so what I did, I as we... As we come up alongside the fish, I was going down with the wind. I grabbed the leader, and naturally the boat will always fall side on, which you want to be side on with the fish on the wind side, so you're drifting off the fish. Yep. You if do you, not want the boat to drift over the no, fish, you do not and want then it. it has a chance of cutting you off. Screwed, literally screwed. If, 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 to be honest with you, you, the chances of getting is very minimal, If especially in, well, we had nicer conditions, but that 10-knot winds, even 5-10 knots will push you at a drift. And if that fish takes off, you're done. Where traditionally, if you're drifting away from it, the fish will be out from you and someone like Nige could get a beautiful gaff shot on the fish. So that, I didn't say it earlier, but that is Red's tip this week. The flying gaff, Patrick, I think I'm going to pass this one over to you each week as I do because it should be going your way. Yeah, it is. The flying <laughs> gaff this week actually heads to myself. So one of the, the great features of the, the North Bank 750 that I've got is it's got a dive door. And 
Uh, the dive door isn't just for diving out of. It makes getting in and out of the boat extremely Packing easy. the boat. On the trailer. Oh, incredible. It, the, if you can actually get one on your next boat, we both would highly recommend it. And particularly bringing fish in, it's super easy. You do have to be mindful when you are bringing big fish in off the side of the boat that your flying gaff or your gaff um, doesn't just rip shreds through your gel coat. Well, the best part about this is Nige gaffed it, then I gaffed it, and I did everything in my power to not get that gaff near the boat. And Pat goes, oh, I'll lift it in while John Boy was filming. I had a couple of mates come over to film with John. And I don't even know how you've done this because it wasn't even why the fish was kicking. So how did you do it? It was my best work. <laughs> Nevertheless, the flying gaff this week has headed straight into the side of the North Bank. Uh, enjoy your morning if you're fishing on the water. Great to see Victoria out of lockdown. But right around the country, wherever you're going, well, we're going fishing. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.